Welcome to the New Zealand International Film Festival podcast series. Today's Q&A follows a screening of Births, Deaths and Marriages. Director B. Joblin is in conversation with Sally Woodfield. Welcome everyone, thanks for staying. Uh, first of all, congratulations B. Thank you. <laughs> and I know some of your cast and, and others who have worked on the film are here. Here with us tonight. Yeah, thank you for that little um, intro because I would like to start with some thank yous if that's cool. Absolutely. Um, we have Yvette Balvin who played the wonderful Jilted Bride, Sinead. So thank you very much for being here. And um, we have Paul Barrett who played Paddy, Uncle Paddy, who's hard to keep track of. Thank you for being here. Um, I was thinking we were going to have Erica Jones, a beautiful makeup artist. Did you make it, Erica? No, well, thank you for any your makeup artistry anyway, even though you're not here. <laughs> I love the makeup artistry. I just thought this is just fantastic, all that blue eyeshadow. Oh, that was like so. I think the horribleness of everything was part of the fun of making this film, for sure. Oh, completely. <laughs> and for, for those of us who, you know, like, remember those. Lived through the 90s. Lived through the 90s. I was like, oh. Um, yeah. Um, and I also want to thank our Pledge Me supporters who are here. Um, Karen Kay was here. Are you still here, Karen? Oh, yeah, you are. Lovely. <laughs> um, Rosie Little is here. Um, Sally Wells is not here anymore, but this is her lovely family, and she donated as well. Um, and then Danielle... Oh! <laughs> Hi, Sally. Um, and then Danielle Butler, are you still here? Oh, well, she gave us a lot of our budget. We shot this for uh, $4,000, <laughs> and she gave us $500, and at that time it was enough to cover the petrol to give run from town to the Hutt Valley in Wellington. Um, and so that was a huge deal for us, and so I wanted to say a massive thank you to her in spirit as well. So, And thank you to you, Sally, uh, for introducing this film, because I was so horribly late. Apologies to everyone. I'm not used to Auckland at all, obviously. <laughs> I have to say, even even like an hour and ten minutes is, is pushing it from where you were coming today. Yeah, from the Eastern Bays. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> um, so I thoroughly enjoyed your film. Thank you. <laughs> It, it um you know it reminded me of that era but I, I just I just loved all the characters you made and the style of making it tell us tell us about uh, well first of all let's say where did, where did it all come from where did it start um I think there's so much chaos on screen it's like where does all that come from into a person's brain <laughs> um but sometimes I just get like dialogue pop into my head and then I just sort of write it down and um, I knew I wanted to make a feature film, even though I was 20 with no experience and no money. I thought, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, <laughs> and so I collected all this dialogue. And then I was also watching some old home videos that my Irish grandmother made in the 90s one time. And I thought it would be really cool to mash chaotically all of these little characters and vignettes that I've been writing into this like incredibly cramped, overwhelming, um, tiny little state house home video type concept. And so that's what I did. And that's, you know, it started occurring to me as well in the later half of the film about the fact that you are just inside the house the whole time. Yeah. Very little is outside of the house. Mm. And that feeling of it being chaotic and cramped and yet that the family feeling around it. Mm. Um, and, and and the way it's filmed in terms of that home, home movie concept of, of the time. Love that, love that. And, you know, was that a deliberate... Did you have other ideas about how you were going to film this? Well, I mean, this being a first feature film, to get funding, particularly as a woman, to make anything in New Zealand is so incredibly hard that I decided I was going to make a movie for no money anyway and I didn't care if it looked really shit. 
Um, and so I thought home video, it's easy, it's cheap, it'll look shit, it'll be a bit controversial, but it'll get my writing out there and it'll get actors out there and it'll just exist. <laughs> and so I thought home video was really the only way to shoot this because I wanted to think, I wanted to shoot a feature film in three weeks because I wasn't paying anyone. And so you'll notice, hopefully you notice it's all one take each scene. So that cuts down the time it takes to shoot a film by a huge amount. You just go in and boom, 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 done. Um, and so we had to shoot it that way for financial reasons. We had to make it in one house for financial reasons. So the entire concept was also built around how can I make a feature film even though I'm 20 and I have no money, basically. And all the technical stuff um, is a reflection of that. And did you, you know, trawl the op shops in the garage sales? Yeah. Those leather suits, it's kind of like the film came together from all these different places at one moment in my life and there was all these provocations like watching my home videos and all this dialogue I've been writing but one of the provocations was I found those three suits in a second hand shop of Batoni and I was like I must write a film that centres these suits and, and so yeah. I'm fascinated about some of the characters, especially Sinead. <laughs> <laughs> well I mean you can ask Sinead herself. <laughs> um, Total bright seller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, where did some of the ideas of, of you know, you know, and and Hugh, you know, she's quite complex, quite a complex character. Yeah. Where did all these these characters come from your your mind? I mean, I guess as you move through the world, you're constantly seeing people and observing people, and hopefully celebrating people and appreciating where they're all coming from because. Everything that everybody does, even the ugliest stuff, has a really good reason based on what they've lived and experienced. So um, I like the idea that for Sinead, you know, we can look at her and go, whatever we might, however we might judge her, but she's also so incredibly justified in everything she's doing and saying, and also the way she's expressing it in this incredibly hysterical, emotional um, way she's expressing it. That's also really valid, and in a patriarchal culture, often you're not allowed to do that. So, you know, that's just me going, hey, what what's a woman in an absolute hysterical mess like and why don't we look at her on screen for a while and then Hugh is like um, yeah for a young woman to actually be going through a spiritual crisis you don't really get to see women doing that on the screen um, so let's see what that looks like and yeah and then all the older women you know you don't get to see older women on screen having their own arcs you only get to see them being somebody's mum and functional to that person generally a man's story um, and so I wanted to see Nairi going through a crisis of um, usefulness and um, I've pissed my life away and and I wanted her to be badly behaved because you also don't get to see older women doing that on the screen and all that. Yeah, and it's also amazing in times of crisis what, what comes out with families as well. Yeah. Um, now, you've got, a, you've got your own daughter here tonight. I do. There she is, Piazza. When, at what point, has she been born when you shot the film? No, I shot this film five years ago. It's taken five years to do the post-production process, partly because we had no money, no name, no experience, um, partly because I got pregnant. <laughs> um, so lots of things slowed us down. Um, and But you were a very nice slowdown, Piata. <laughs> um, yeah, and so working single motherhood into filmmaking is very challenging, but then that's one of the ways that um, filmmaking needs to change, is it needs to become more family-friendly, which it really isn't right now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just realised I'm not with you. Come up on stage, Piazza. Come and join us. Just started calling out because you realised all of a sudden that we weren't hanging out. Yeah. Hey there. Is that better or more scary? 
That's good. I should see everyone. Um, I'd like to ask, you know, members of the audience, who would like to, do you have any questions out there? Pop your hands up. Here we go. I'll just get a mic to you. Very well respected filmmaker yourself. <laughs> My question. Oh, that's loud. Um, I'm, I loved the spiritual dimension in your film. It was unexpected and, and very lovely. And so my question is, um, how conscious were you of wanting that to be a part of it? Because it really is. Thank you. Um, I was very conscious. The film is an expression of Irish culture, primarily, and then secondarily Māori culture. And in those two cultures, our tipuna, our ancestors, are at our backs. They're with us all the time and they're in the room. And... Um, the veils between the spirit world and the living world are not so thick. That's why when you do a mihi, you always say, like to all the dead who we've carried here, our ancestors who are with us, you know, we acknowledge you as well. And I like the idea of this like hyper realism of the film. Like you never get to experience um, anything outside the world of the film, you know, no score or anything. So you're so in real, real life, and then like boom, there's this like supernatural element. And, <laughs> Right until we did the, the real sound as opposed to the tent sound and the VFX about two months ago, everyone was like, Be this ghost is ridiculous, it's not going to work, you need to cut it out, what the hell are you doing? And I said, once we get the VFX and once we get the sound, it will hopefully work. And I now feel that it works. Um, but it is shocking, right? Because you're in a home video and then now there's, there's this like Blair Witch type element going on. But um, to me, it's the entire emotional arc of the film. Q is waiting for something from her grandmother and it's not coming and then she gives up and she says okay it's not coming I can deal with it and then it comes and so and the whole film was about whakapapa new life coming old life going and that our whakapapa carries on but it's also around us in a web you know like it's like this is the whakapapa and then your ancestors around you is the whakapapa so you never lose it you know, and I just wanted to show that they are in your house, literally, <laughs> as a way to show like we're connected and we're living inside it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful, deep thing, and you really pulled it off. Thank you. Thank you. That means heat's coming from you. <laughs> so, uh, you, you shot the film five years ago. Mm. Um, are you working on another film? Um, I mean, there's always ideas in my head, and there's always scripts on my computer. And I did do a lot of um, smaller projects in between that and now. Um, but having a daughter at the moment, I want to like really rethink the way we make films. <laughs> um, this process, even though I try to make it gentle and respectful and based on the moment, it still isn't that family friendly. <laughs> she said, chasing her toddler across the stage. Um, and so I'm just really interested in like, uh, if we could make a more family friendly model, what would that be like? And I feel like I can't afford to do anything that isn't that because otherwise I'll miss out on the next five years of her childhood and I really don't want to do that. So, yeah, I'm going to go away and have a think. I might do something like boyhood, like once a year or, you know, something yeah. like that. I, th I think that's an interesting, um, interesting conversation that's being had as well around yeah. family friendly, um, you know, filmmaking, but also in, in theatre as well. I know that yeah. there was a. Um, there's a show here in Auckland earlier this year, a theatre show, where they actually, uh, it was Astra Man at um, Auckland Theatre Company during the Auckland Arts Festival, where they actually put in the budgeting was childcare. Yeah. To support and, you know, really strong support around and family support around 
um, particularly the women, but not just the women, the families, you know, the mm. children in, in the show. And I think that's something that, you know, there is some discussion further to be had there. Yeah, definitely. And it even goes down to, like, the film industry is based on consuming human resources rather than preserving them. And so, like, hey, let's get a fatigue consultant in to talk about the fact that people are falling asleep because we're making them work 16-hour days. Interesting, you could pay a fatigue consultant or you could just, like, work... 10 hours instead of 15, you know, it's like so incredibly disrespectful. Um, and so, yeah, like, um, there's a lot of, in my personal uh, opinion, there's a lot of fat in the film industry that could be shaped, a lot of bullshit coming from the top, basically, and affecting the people at the bottom. Um, and we kind of need to reshape everything, and then it will become naturally family friendly because it will be human friendly. So, That's there's right. all that too. That's right. Well, um, thank you so much for making it here. Hey, Piata, we've enjoyed you being part of the Q&A as well. Um, thank you all for staying and listening. And um, just once again, I'd like to thank B for a beautiful film. And thank you all for coming. I'm sorry to get to thank you at the start. <laughs> thank you, Sally.